Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is The Signal, directed by William Eubank. It was a $4 million independent film, at $4 million, uh, 27 day shoot. And uh, this film was brought to our attention by a listener, Andrew from the UK, who went to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podme if you can, and asked us, requested that we watch The Signal. I think it was a great suggestion, and I'm welcoming any other suggestions at our Facebook page. We will try and get to your requests in between watching all the films that we want to cover off on this podcast anyway. So thank you, Andrew, for uh, suggesting it. Uh, spoilers in advance for The Signal. We will be talking about it in some detail if you haven't seen it. The, the twists and turns in the film are going to be ruined for you by listening to the rest of the podcast. Lloyd, uh, what did you think of The Signal? Well, Lawrence Fishburne. I, I just uh, I researched this film, but I didn't find out the budget. Four million dollars, you said. Yeah, that's incredible. Because this film looks amazing. Four four million dollars. Wow, that's that's. Oh, amazing. I think this is the major achievement of the film is that it looks like a more expensive film. He's a cinematographer. Uh, the director William Eubank has a cinematographer's background and therefore was able to set up these slow motion shots and the look of the film. It looks like there's money on the screen. Yeah, I think he's a he's got a lot of talent, and yeah, that cinematography background is going to be yeah he's going to go really far with that. Um, he has done some other stuff, but um, some of it is uh, like space related. So I think he must have an interest in aliens, space, that sort of stuff. I found that I really liked the film as I was watching it, and I was trying to guess the twists and stuff. But um, after it finished the less I liked it, which it comes into thinking about it, analysing what I know by the end versus what I knew at the beginning. I guess the sign it's not a classic film if I'm not enjoying it anymore once it's finished. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, as I said, it's great. Cinematographer's background. I thought quite a lot of it was really interesting, but having the ultimate twist of the film, which is that the aliens have abducted them and are doing this kind of cross species test with them and that Lawrence Fishburne is an alien that was sort of painted pretty early in the film there's that scene 23 minutes into the film after all the setup of their relationships and the fact that his legs don't work and everything where the signal comes on the car radio and they go into that house and she flies up into the air in the dark at that point you've got to be thinking aliens right yeah and that's sort of obvious and then I guess you're hoping that the twist is not aliens for the rest of the film. And until you know, it's interesting and you don't know what's going on and you don't know if the aliens have taken them and then put them back with new special powers and that they've had an encounter with an EBE or an extraterrestrial biological entity. So it's this kind of fear thing going on, you know, the contamination, contagion. Everything about that's really interesting, but you're kind of still hoping that the twist isn't aliens, I suppose. 
I, I love that, like, the opening, how it was, like, these hackers trying to find out who was contacting them. I thought that was so cool. And then we have that Blair Witch style scene where, like, like as you say, they go to that house in the desert and all that looked great. Like, it looked like a found footage movie. And then it, it really helped the scene where she does blow up into the air. I actually thought it was, like, a poltergeist, you know, like, throwing up and going, oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. And, like, the movie just took a complete left turn in that direction. Um, but one once it hit the desert scene, uh, I, I think he hit all the marks of like a cold Zen-like hospital. And like um, once they break out into the deserts, this really eerie sense. Like even the people of the town, there's just something strange about them. Like that wonderful. Uh, the I think the actress who played it was excellent. Um, there's just something weird about her how she you know she's heavily christian she believes in god she picks them up trying to help them and then she stops the car and then she goes can you hear them they're just above you above us oh that was terrifying and i would have loved to have seen a lot more of that but you know the the big issue with this film is that there is too much distance with the main characters like i didn't feel anything with the relationships between the two I, i didn't feel anything between any of um like there was no when there was a level of danger um like when some of them got isolated or some of them could die uh, for some reason i didn't feel their loss and it culminated in the scene for me when they meet jonah at the museum building um and then all of a sudden he's there i wasn't even surprised like at that point i didn't care i was like okay i guess he's been okay around the hospital running around (laughs) uh the film focuses so much on the emotion of the characters um their reactions everything i i i read that in an interview that's one of eubank's biggest aims in the movie but if you don't care about the characters you're just watching people getting angry and crying and everything like that. Yeah. I, I understand that he tried to support it heaps with the flashback sequences to build some, um, you know, depth to it. But I don't think that was enough. I think we needed more of the computer hacking build-up before we got to the hospital. For me, the bit that really is padding is you see those shots of him in the forest when his legs still worked. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of this dream-like quality to them. I kept waiting for that to be relevant. Like, it just wasn't. It was just padding out a film that had no middle yeah as well i had the same issue where i didn't quite connect to the relationships and brendan thwaites who plays uh the lead nick he's from home and away in australia and he's been the giver recently so he seems to be doing quite well for himself blowing up overseas yeah he's a handsome Uh, kid yeah he um he's the guy you're obviously trying to relate to most he's the one whose story you're following but his girlfriend Haley, because she has that kind of weird lobotomy type procedure whatever's happened and they've fused with her she's a bit useless for the rest of the film Mm. and so the connection isn't there between the two of them there needed to be more with nick and jonah to make their strength uh, their emotional relationship built up more because when they have that moment where he sacrifices himself at the checkpoint uh, and jonah stays behind that was really just to have an action scene there wasn't that wasn't tugging at any particular emotional heartstrings if that makes sense yeah so i'm with you there i don't i don't know if it quite worked i I enjoyed the fact yeah sorry i just think they needed more time at the beginning more of that computer hacking stuff and there's that really good scene where he picks up the coffee and he drops it and then they go to help him out and he goes no no i'm fine i'll get another cup of coffee and i know it doesn't advance the plot at all but in just that one scene you understand so much of the relationship between them like his pain um with his whatever he's got 
um, and uh, you know the relationship, how that affected the relationship between all three of them, really. And it would have just been great to see more of these kids, these computer hacking kids, on this road trip before we take that left turn into the Blair Witch House, and then of course into the Area Fifty One. And I, I thought a lot of the hospital stuff. Um, like just could have been a lot more short and although a lot of the mystery of that was really interesting like how that cow you know they're they're doing tests on the cow and there's that psychokinetic thing like it all goes black Mm. and a chair flies at the window and then you have that ambiguity of um what's happening with the townsfolk how Lawrence Fishburne's just executing them with a red box with a gun uh, you're just like, okay, why is he executing these people? Are these com- people just failing or just dying? That, that, but all that happened at, at a point where I just didn't care because the build-up wasn't right for it. But again, it looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, which is something. The cow stuff has been addressed. I believe that there was supposed to be another subject in the back room there, and so the cow wasn't telekinetic. Oh, okay. The person in the back room threw the chair with their mind or hurled the chair forward, um, you know, it was a weird shot to include, I suppose. It just does create more mystery. There's just a few more layers to it. I feel like as well the editing of this film helped it because I imagine, you know that scene at the start when they're, they're doing the skill tester with the claw? Mm-hmm. He helps the kid or whatever. And, you know, you, that's sort of after he's already spilled the coffee because he already has the stain on himself. I feel like there was a version of this film that was all in chronological order and they sort of helped themselves by hacking it up and making it maybe a little more intriguing and thinking that there was more to it. Yeah. But it's sort of not there. It's built on a punchline, which is they were abducted by aliens and they're being tested on an alien spaceship. And they're for that final shot where he's on the alien spaceship, that's the punchline. And then they've built the joke around it. <laughs> they've said, I'd love to see a movie with that ending. Well, t- I-, I don't know if Eubank's seen it, but I'm going to be spoiling it here, guys. I'm really sorry, but Dark City by Alex Proyas. Have you seen that, Dave? Yeah, there were a lot of comparisons drawn. Oh, okay. I, I didn't read that, but uh, the ending reminded me so much of Dark City and big spoilers for Dark City. I really, really recommend you guys watch that because the movie is brilliant. Australian director, by the way. <laughs> at the end of Dark City, we discover that the main character hasn't been on Earth at all and that, and that and this reality is really terrifying. Like, he's gosh knows where he is in the universe. And... I actually argue the ending of Dark City is very, very dark because he's very powerful with his mind and everything like that. The whole world and universe that that's set in is now dictated by that guy's mind. He can shape and bend and twist the world through what he thinks. So I think, personally, that's a very dark ending, not an uplifting ending at all. And the ending of this film... um, uh, And the ending of Dark City I found to be a terrific revelation and a dark one, but... Maybe because I'm such a dark fan of Dark City, when I saw this ending, I was like, oh, well, that's just Dark City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's not necessarily an original ending. Yeah. The powers that they had with the arms and the legs and whatnot, I, I was wondering if they were trying to build a an entity and that they could only sort of, like, you know when uh, they, in science, uh, grew an ear on the back of a mouse? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was like that, that they had these arms that they could create, but they had to attach them to an organism so they would stay alive. Yeah. And so I thought maybe they were using those people and that he was the legs and his friend Jonah was the arms and that maybe they were growing a complete person on these people. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. But then that never sort of eventuated. 
so I was like, okay, legs and arms, cool. And so she's the torso or the brain or there's, you know, there's a transformer kind of element to this where they're all going to, all the pieces of them will yeah, form it's, something Yeah, it's else. like a military ship where they're making military weapons and unfortunately to make that they have to have a live host and so they steal these people from Earth and put these things on them. And then, you know, once they reach the planet, I guess, yeah, they just fuse them again with whatever subject they're making or 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 that or it's just a huge experiment you know for a, a weapon when he's he can't move he's in a wheelchair and he's bleeding from the nose Lawrence Fishburne says oh it's only blood and that i think implies that previous tests have left you know their brain has melted out their nose or something has gone wrong and yeah. they haven't fused properly that this was a pleasant change at that time you don't know that he's not like who he is like you know you don't know he's an alien or an extraterrestrial biological entity if you will he's sort of a weird robot thing but um you don't know what he is so then later on you can look at it and say that that you know the only blood was a good thing in their testing yeah I, I, I love the design of those um the, those weapons the hands and the 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 legs it reminds me of japanese manga cartoons those techno mm-hmm. techno man sort of suits uh, i thought that was pretty interesting yeah and um i didn't mind the facility and i didn't mind his like oceans 11 type planning to get out of there but then when he can't quite reach the the uh you know he's in the wheelchair and he's they stop his um escape attempt at that point, I was rooting for him to escape because, yeah. you know, he's wheeled, wheeled around. He sort of knows where the windows are and the maze and stuff. And I, I am thankful they put his friend in the air vent kind of, you know, they could talk to each other. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have been quite a stale scene where you weren't learning anything in terms of exposition. So a lot of things were done right. And I think the elements there for this to be a great mystery, they were, they were all there, the elements. I, um, I think... Um this director Eubank represents the next generation of filmmakers that have grown up with these supercomputers and a lot of special effects like we saw Gareth Edwards and he's from a special effects editing background uh particularly with after effects and uh, premiere and all that uh he made monsters and went on to make godzilla and i think william eubank with a dop background and obviously all the special effects has gone on to make this and i think he will make a lot more you're getting a very visual heavy um next generation that can sort of do it all which is really scary you know like the old school directors uh come up through you know the acting and the writing and things like that and it's really apparent that like i'm not putting down monsters but it is apparent that they they aren't from a writing background which which has its own strengths like i don't mean to be snobby or anything i think if you don't have that writing background you do have advantages of not knowing what the rules are and you can come up with very original things and um yeah so i I think it's pretty interesting this this new generation that's going to come up they're armed with all pretty much they can do whatever they want because their special effects are just endless well that's it you get original shots but as you said the writing's not there so you get a very unoriginal ending and that's what leave this leaves this film as a b instead of an a yeah (laughs) you know i think with the right project he could do really well this is this will serve as a calling card oh you'll be able to say i made the signal that's only just come out 2014 so you know he could be on another project like monsters led to godzilla i can see eubank doing something else really great just i think the script wouldn't be written by him because he's a visual director yeah i I think with a good script writer like um and that script writer really has to understand that this guy can do anything 
I, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I think he's going to really go places because his understanding for pacing is really good. Again, just getting back to the, the beginning scenes where, where they're hacking stuff, they're sitting in the bathtub hacking, and then they go into the coffee shop buying some coffee. That whole road trip, it just felt like a teen movie, like a really intimate, um, uh, independent uh, road trip movie. It was just really well done. And then we get to the Blair Witch House, the intensity of that felt right. Then we get to the hospital, the cold, the cold of it what's going on the mystery of it it all felt right you know so he's he's definitely got all of it down he's 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 got so many tools in his deck i'll say that well the writing let me down when um like they're from mit right yeah so they're intelligent they're hackers they're chasing nomad who turns out to be damon which is nomad backwards which is super twisted pretty much they are from mit and so they're supposed to be intelligent but then they go into the spooky house by themselves at night. Like, how smart can they be? <laughs> well, I, I argue that's an adolescence thing, like the mystery of it. I've done that several times. Like, I'm not a genius MIT or anything like that. I've done really stupid things. But I've been, you know, let's let's go in, like... <laughs> Jeez, I shouldn't say this, but my old high school, Ginnadera High School, was being destroyed. Um, they were going to um, break it down anyway, and we kind of went in there before it happened and you know just went around the school like it was all locked up we weren't supposed to be in there but you know mm. it was just a thing we we decided to do it was cool we were young <laughs> just do stuff like that when we're young yeah. <laughs> hey uh i just thought i would ask that you know they do that like um lie detector test with him and they show him that alien on the screen from the recording yeah on the tv wasn't it like a little tv yeah, screen? yeah. it's like a like a really budget version of Signs, where Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix is watching the screen and then Alien walks past. I thought it was better. <laughs> oh, what, really? What, what, okay. What was, was it an alien face? Yeah, kind of. But it was... Like, when you think about that scene, knowing that they're the aliens, they doctored the footage and put an alien <laughs> face in it and showed it to him, I guess, to see how he would react to the presence of aliens. Yeah. Like, I mean, that didn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I was confused by that whole thing in retrospect. Do you think there'll be a sequel to this? We talked about Chronicle, a uh, very found footage heavy film. Uh, and if there was a sequel, we discussed, like, what that would entail. Like, imagine he's at the, on the ship. He's realized he's burst through the wall. He thinks about it. He's on an alien ship. What's the next thing that happens in that film? in that universe well he'll just have to surrender because where else can he go like unless he starts attacking Lawrence Fishburne takes him hostage and goes give me bring me back to my planet uh, I think he's done <laughs> or unless he can unless the aliens are nice and he can live in harmony with them um, no that's yeah. not a film <laughs> <laughs> what's got to happen is you've got to find out what her powers are what she oh, can yeah. do what they've given her but I, th- I think a bigger budget sequel would be that the aliens are taking them somewhere that they land on a planet that's a new terrain and that there is some reason for what they're doing like a that they're trying to grow like the, like i said the ear on the mouse that they're trying to grow like a, a full complete person based on you know the human anatomy or something mm-hmm. uh to that effect but also there's like maybe they've given them these powers that are not really maybe they're trying to make uh, like super versions of themselves and this is the testing phase you know with they don't want to give them too much so they've given one of them legs and one of them arms and you know but theoretically they would be able to enhance themselves with all of these extra attributes uh maybe there's a war going on maybe they are using this as like 
a floating medical ship where they are building super soldiers for some war on their home planet. I've given it a bit too much thought, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that'd, yeah be, I- that'd be really interesting. Like, uh, hopefully you'll have a bigger budget if that's the case. And yeah, like it'll be a big war movie. I feel like we'll see a sequel to Chronicle before we'd see a sequel to this, though. Yeah. Um, and even then, I don't think we'll see a sequel to Chronicle because Dane DeHaan has gone on to do Spider-Man and he's probably attached to that. And then he doesn't want to go back and do another superhero movie and get pigeonholed. And it's a superhero movie not everybody's seen, Chronicle, you know, even though we've discussed it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind that the locals seemed insane, I'll just say. The, uh, you know, the, the Jesus-loving woman when she's in the truck and everybody who's just at the bars and stuff but i don't know if they are like creations of the world yeah or they're humans who've been also abducted and yeah they could possibly be humans and they've just failed um their minds have just been broken in this world you know like uh, because they seem to have been there for a while like uh just how lawrence fishman was talking to the particularly the redneck and goes this is my um house my um sisters grew over there and stuff like that or whatever um yeah yeah and then um he gets executed by lawrence fishman it just seems like he'd been there for a long time or that maybe he'd gotten some kind of cabin fever like mm. space sickness Pandorum. Uh, <laughs> yeah there you go another one of our youtube channel ones coming <laughs> up i was just gonna say there's a line that lawrence fishman says The perfect integration of human will and alien technology, our finest achievement. So there's a lot to read into there. They've got other achievements. They've been doing this kind of thing for a while. That the alien technology is maybe very common, that they've had this technology for a long time. And now they're integrating human will. That's that's the missing link. That's what they're trying to... Like, they don't have that. Maybe they don't have empathy. Maybe they don't have emotion the same way humans do. And so this to be human element i think is what uh, the aliens are investigating just like in uh, dark city how the big search for the alien was the soul and <laughs> um yeah very interesting very similar <laughs> yeah i mean you get like a truman show vibe as well yeah for the whole a, thing yeah like, that's a great point yeah uh and when he finds his own alien ship and lawrence fishburne's just a face they use their cgi budget there for me the thing that this film most reminded me of is the matrix but not the matrix because of Lawrence fishburne there's uh the animatrix the um nine animated uh matrix stories yep i've seen those yeah there's one where a guy knows he's in the matrix uh because he runs so fast in the running race that he bursts himself awake mm-hmm and he wakes up and he's in the pod and you know how they use it humans for batteries in the matrix so by running so fast he bursts into the real world and then he remembers it um and then when he goes back to the matrix sort of thing when at the end of this film he was running so fast and he burst through the wall that's what i thought of um that was for me the most uh i suppose similar yeah um, it's a very it's a i found most of those stories in that animatrix if you guys haven't seen it they're very interesting uh, very powerful and mind-blowing but uh yeah i love that idea that you can go so intensively hard that you break out of a reality 
you know, you, you shatter the, the, the reality that you know now and you go into something else, some other dimension, and, but it, it's something driven by pure human will that it's so powerful you just destroy it um the shatter the reality that's in front of you and yeah you're absolutely right with um signal it's kind of like that he has so much anger maybe is it or frustration and determination that this technology is fused with that human will and he just bursts out of the ship (laughs) yeah and that human will can't be manufactured by these aliens this is what they're investigating Mm. And they need that real person to mix their alien tech with because otherwise it's just alien tech on its own. And mm-hmm. I don't know why human will makes the alien tech more strong or more usable. I don't understand exactly Neither do they. what they were going for. But yeah, obviously they're just, they're just... This is a different phase of people they've abducted. So I don't know. No need for any of those shots running around in the forest letting us know that he once had use of his legs though. I didn't... Think it's, any of that? It's to pad it out. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a tighter film. Ninety-seven minutes. You could cut it back to ninety, and I'd say that there was probably a little more slow motion that was ne- than was necessary. But that seems to be a thing that this director is quite good at. Yeah, so and it, could- yeah, the, especially when his friend gets shot and he starts with his hands bashing the ground. Um, all that was like uh, I, you didn't hear them scream or crying. You just saw the you know the anger and frustration and the beauty of um the of the whole um action sequence was really displayed with the slow motion yeah and as i said the four million dollar budget 27 days shoot that's what's the most impressive about this film i'm going to quote uh, this film every time we do uh our pod me if you can tv episodes and if they have like a eight million dollar budget ten million dollar budget looks terrible like gosh yeah. damn Jack and Jill we didn't review that on Pod Me If You Can TV by the way but that apparently no, but was made for 80 million and this yes, film was made for four and looks absolutely incredible <laughs> yeah and I mean I'd be, I'd be very proud of this if this was my first film I, I'm not taking away anything from it Yeah, it does raise a lot of questions and some of them are intentional like uh, he doesn't want them to be answered he has said there's room for a sequel and that I suppose you would discover her powers in the sequel so um We'll see if that happens, but... Um, yeah, William Eubank, we'll keep an eye on you because you're definitely going to go places. <laughs> definitely, and thank you again to Andrew for suggesting we review it. Uh, I thought I would just do a quick plug for our YouTube channel. Um, we find rare films, obscure films, with uh, famous people in them. I watched this film on YouTube, and some films are fully available on YouTube, the entire film from start to finish, and it's called Overnight Delivery with Paul Rudd and Reese Witherspoon. And it was so shocking that I can't bring myself to talk about it, for example. (laughs) Um, There's a film called uh, They Came Together that's a joke spoof on the romantic comedy genre with Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. And if you watch that film and then watch Overnight Delivery, as I have, everything that happens in Overnight Overnight Delivery is made fun of in the other Paul Rudd movie, They Came (laughs) Together. So they make fun of the meet-cutes and the, you know... The fact that he is uh, Jewish enough looking but non-threatening enough to be a leading man and also a love interest and everything they do, is, it's it's hilarious, hilariously bad and stuff like that. But Lloyd and I have been tirelessly finding titles that um, since we started the accompanying YouTube channel and, and uh, we've had some really interesting conversations about uh, some films that neither of us knew existed before finding them for the channel. Hey, Lloyd. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> some real shockers we had to sit through as well 
we have found there's often a reason nobody knows they exist <laughs> so uh there's been some some bad with the good hey uh we're also running an anagram competition at the moment where everybody's collecting letters from episode 100 on i've been dropping letters into the episodes today's letter is n and for nelly uh Go find all the letters throughout episodes 100 to now. And uh, if you're the first one to contact us via Facebook, facebook.com slash podme if you can, then you can win a prize pack. Now, you're unscrambling the name of an actor or actress. Uh, send us the full name. Let us know that it's for the Anagram Comp on uh, Facebook. Send us a message to podme if you can, the page. And then you win a podme if you can prize pack. It's magnets, it's buttons. It's a whole bunch of obscure DVDs. Uh, it's worth winning, and we still don't have a winner at this time. Uh, when we do, we'll put it at the head of the podcast, a little recording saying we have a winner. So, first one in. There's still a couple letters to go, so a um, couple more podcasts, which, when they're all out there, I'll tell you. And then, first one in. Just a simple case of listening through our episodes. So, if you're a regular listener, you're probably already collecting your letters. <laughs> uh, next time on the show, we're going to talk about a film called Exodus by Ridley Scott. It's an epic Christian Bale, Joel Edgerton. Lloyd, you were looking forward to this film? Yeah, um, because we did Noah um, on on our podcast, and I said uh, hopefully this will revive the Bible stories, and it looks kind of looks like the case now that Ridley Scott's stepping in, doing a big, massive adaptation of a classic uh, Bible story. The danger, of course, is that because it's a classic Bible story, that there's not going to be any surprises. We're going to see yeah. the plagues. We're going to see the rivalry between the brothers, one of whom is born to lead uh, the you know the land, and one is born to walk through and lead all the slaves to freedom and whatever. And uh, the Prince of Egypt, the animated movie, has already ticked all these boxes. So I'm a little worried that it's going to be a little dull watching it, knowing exactly what's going to happen. But yep. uh, I'm interested to see how it's all done. Christian Bale obviously is a big presence in the films uh, of our generation. He's got Batman. He was John Connor. He's you know now he's going to be Moses. So interesting to just follow his career as well. Absolutely. Well, you can find more from us at www.podmeifyoucan.com, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed the signal, and we'll see you for Exodus. Hit it. For listening, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews. <laughs>